Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Guys, big, big news this weekend, Saturday, November 14th and Sunday, November 15th, me and Stephanie Goss are doing an online intensive workshop for you. This is our team communication workshop. That's right. We're going to work with you. We are going to work with uh, managers, owners, uh, team leads, uh, medical directors, uh, associate vets that just have technicians they work with. We are working on team communication. We are going to make you a better team communicator and we are going to empower and train you to make your team better communicators. It is a two-day intensive, super interactive online event. We will be uh, walking through with you DISC assessment. We use DISC as our uh, communication assessment tool. Uh, you'll see why uh, on this uh, at this workshop. We will talk to you about getting your uh, DISC assessments for your team and how to run this through the exercise and they're going to love it and they're going to see the value and they're going to see the benefit and they're going to communicate better and just think about what it would be like to have a team that not only do you communicate better with them they communicate better with each other that's what we're going for so we're going to be doing the assessment for you we're going to be talking to you about rolling out the assessment with your team we're going to be talking about um about giving feedback having difficult communications uh difficult conversations we are going to be talking about doing staff meetings and the perfect staff meeting and how to really run that so that people feel heard and they buy in and they engage with what you're doing but two full days with me and stephanie all day Saturday, all day Sunday, team communication. You don't want to miss it. This is free to Uncharted members. It is $2.99 to the public. The link is down below. Jump on board. It is filling up. Um, we are going to have a great time and learn a lot. So, without further ado, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me. Stephanie, ch 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 changes, Goss. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Andy? It's I love that good. One. It's good. I love. Um, I can picture a, you doing a little shuffle dance for what you think. That. Uh-huh. <laughs> it reminds me. There's a Brady Bunch episode when they're. Uh, it's like I. I don't remember the Brady Bunch except for this one thing, and I don't remember why it affected me as a child. But I saw this episode. <laughs> And they were like, they and they sang a song about something like going through changes. And they used one of the kids' puberty to their advantage because, <laughs> like, there was this, like, his voice was breaking. And they, they managed to work it into the song so that, like, puberty voice change was a positive for the family. I don't know why I remember that. But that's what we're all trying to do in practice right now. We're trying to use the inconvenience of puberty and unwanted. <laughs> change uh to our advantage and it's not uh it's awkward as f (laughs) it is awkward and it is painful let me tell you because awkward and painful i i have i have tweens over here and let me tell you we have started getting into some of it and um there have been a lot of tears and a lot of, I don't want to grow up. I don't want things to change. There's been a lot of those conversations. And it's so funny that that you use that analogy for the clinic because it is so true. There's been a lot of a lot of tears and a lot of, I don't want to do this at the clinic too. Because it is painful and it sucks. But the reality is we're all going through it and we don't yeah. really have a choice. A lot of emotions. <laughs> a lot of crying. That's true. Hair oh moves in weird places. Is that oh. maybe? No, that's just that's just me. Um, <laughs> that's not a, that's not a normal. Okay, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, we got 
here's what we got today. We're going to talk and about puberty in the vet clinic. Let's, uh, let's put this medicine. Let's put this metaphor down and, and move <laughs> and move on to something else. Oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> and we've taken this. I think we've taken this as far as we should take it in good taste. Doesn't mean we're done. Means we should be done. Um, let's let's talk. I got one today. Here's what here's okay. what we got. The question has been put bluntly to me. Hey, Andy, things are changing daily. Yeah, I think what they're talking about is just generally. Um, there's a spike going on now in the fall in COVID. Yet at the uh, at the same time, other people are uh, pushing away from wearing masks, and protocols around us are changing. It just feels like we're kind of back moving towards that mm-hmm. period of uncertainty that we had at the beginning, where it's like I don't exactly know where this is going or which way it's going, and there's a lot being asked of the team. So mm-hmm. anyway, hey Andy, things are changing daily. Staff is tired. People feel burned out. Mm-hmm. How do we keep the wheels on? Like. Can we, can we keep our culture? Like, can we make this a place that people still want to work at? Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of a dark question, but it's kind of how it's put forward. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think, I think we should tackle this. I think a lot of people are, are having this feeling or, uh, yeah, having this feeling. And I think the truth is that this is a different question than it even was back when COVID started and things were changing daily and wildly at the beginning. Cause when things were changing daily and wildly at the beginning, everybody was afraid and mm-hmm. uh, and this was all new. It's not new. It's been mm-hmm. eight months of getting our butts kicked mm-hmm. and getting people to work with you as you make changes and adjustments in your practice now mm-hmm. is a different beast than it was uh, back in the spring. And so let's mm-hmm. talk about that. Mm-hmm. I I feel <laughs> I feel this um, to the center of my being, and I'm sure that all of us all of us do right because this is. This is not new. And yet, like you said, we're it feels it feels like we're entering a new stage of change where for a lot of us, the weather is changing. So we're mm-hmm. thinking about how do we manage clients in in changing weather and snow and rain? Do we bring them into the building? There are lots of our colleagues who are in areas of this country where things have really opened up. And so clients are coming back in the building and that is change. It is not change. And, and yet it is dramatically different. I, I think that you're really right to the, to the constant change that was happening in the very beginning because it was brand new and, and we, none of us had ever gone through this and now it's the tired. So we have the constant change. Plus we have the exhaustion and the burnout from this sustained push over the, the summer. And so I think it's a really, it's a really valid question because all of us are dealing with it. Yeah. I think and it's I, just- the question for a lot of us. And I think, I think for us, you know, it always starts with headspace. And I think it's true. I think acknowledging the fact that everybody is freaking tired is yeah. really important because we can't polish this turd. The reality is everybody's freaking yeah. exhausted. And we have to acknowledge the fact that sometimes our team members are crying because they're so tired. And that just is something, it is something that we can work to change. But also sometimes people just need to feel seen and heard and yeah. this is this is one that that I have seen a lot of conversations about in the managers groups that I'm in is like when can we just acknowledge everybody and say we we see you. we see that you're exhausted and how do we how do we try and address that because it because it is a reality yeah I'm tired you're tired like <laughs> it yeah. is it is truth yeah I I agree 
uh, one of our Uncharted members put this the best way that I ever heard it, and I use it all the time. But um, this is a war, and the troops are tired. And I, I don't I don't tend to like to go for sort of bleak metaphors like that, sure. but it, it feels quite accurate. You know, like this is not a battle. This is not a two week push. This is this is a war. This is a, a war, possibly a multi-year war. Mm-hmm. And the troops are tired. And, and I, I pass that metaphor on, even though it's bleaker than I like to go, because I think it's, it's accurate. And I think it helps people get their heads straight. Um, for, for, for making good decisions. If you think of it that way is your team is a resource. They're, they're the troops and they are tired. And if you just run them and march them and march them and march them, they're going to drop and they're not going to have anything left. It is a bad strategy to exhaust your people. You know, when, when they're fighting a war, you want to try to keep them fresh, keep their spirits up, you know, use them as sparingly as you can, because we got a long way to go. I, I think that that's true, and I think that that's a good headspace. So let's start starting with headspace as we as we do. The first thing is accept that people are tired, and I think of it: uh, this is a war, and the troops are tired. And if you just look at it that way, it will help you make smart decisions. Mm-hmm. The second the second part of headspace for me is that is you got to watch out for the toxic triad. Right? And so this is here's here's why I think uh, that's burnout, and there's some cognitive behavioral uh, stuff that I'm going to lay out here. There's this um, sort of psychological phenomenon. It's called the the toxic triad, right? The idea is this. There's three thoughts that make up this triad. And when you get all three of them, you're you're pretty much essentially burned out. Number one is I suck. (laughs) I am am failing is is the first one, right? The first thought is I am failing. If you have your staff and they go, we are failing, that's step one. Step two is the world is bad. I am failing. And the world is bad. And step three is the future is bleak. And if you get to the spot where your people have those three thoughts, the future is bad, the world around me is bad, and I am failing, they're toast. Like that, that is, I mean, honestly, that is like clinical depression. Mm -hmm. That is the doorway to clinical depression right there. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important just to put that out. And so if you know that those three pieces are the three pieces that really uh, just burn someone out. We can manage to those, right? We can we can choose our words and we can choose what we emphasize and we can work against those. It's the future is not bleak. The world is not bad. You are not failing. Like we can work against those things as a manager, as a leader, as a medical director, right? But you have to you have to recognize that those are those are the three if in my in my in my personal experience and opinion, those are the three big factors for someone truly burning out if, if once they get into that headspace. And so we, we, we got to manage against that, right? The world is not bad. This too shall pass. The future is going to be fine, right? We are going to get through this. I don't know when we are going to get through it and stay away from failing, right? You're not failing. This is, you're only failing if you, you know, if you quit, if you're only failing, if you burn out and, you know, and quit, um, I think it's important to phrase things as uh, we all make errors. We're all tired. We're all doing our best. You're not failing. We're making it. And let's take a moment to celebrate all the wins that we get. And I think we only feel like we're failing when we focus in on the negative feedback that we get, which is super easy to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, um, this resonates. (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, well, it, it's true. I mean, I've been through this. This um, I've been through this in my life. I remember the darkest. There's two times that I can point to in my life, and I didn't realize at the time. It's only in sort of my research and later on reading and learning and thinking. There have been two times in my life when I have I have been here. You know, where I'm like I have failed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have failed my family, or I've failed my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I am failing. And then the world is a bad place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see it getting any better. And I can tell you that is a dark place to be. And the best thing that we can do is recognize that those, those, are, that's, those are the components. Like that's, that's re- those are the things. That's the toxic mm-hmm. brew mm-hmm. That, that, really, uh, that really leads to burnout. And we can work against it. We can work against it ourselves. And that's why I like to talk about it is to say, check yourself. If you're having these thoughts... You're headed to a bad place, yep. and, uh, and and I want you to I want you to really to 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 work against them. I want you to take a look and, and know that these things are not true, right? Uh, and and decide that they're not true. Convince yourself that they're not true. But I think that also we can can we can work even without lo- explaining what we're doing to our team. Just know that those are the three traps that your people fall into. I am failing. The world is bad. The future is bleak. Mm-hmm. And and don't reinforce those. In fact, actively work against those things. I think the other piece of the headspace perspective that's really important is the recognition from ourselves as leaders that we're asking a lot of our teams right now. Mm-hmm. It, it is true. We're also asking a lot of the clients. And I think that that's a part of the conversation. Like there's a lot being asked of everyone right now. And we're, the job is harder than it may have ever been. And we're, trying to run full speed ahead and just manage the expectations. And I think sometimes just recognizing it's a lot. Yeah. And then just being quiet and and really letting them feel the fact that you were acknowledging the shit show for what it is, because that sometimes all people need is to feel like they are seen and heard and recognizing the fact that we're asking a lot. We're asking a lot of them. We're asking a lot of clients the world is asking a lot of everybody right now. And yeah. I, I hear that. I get, I have a knee-jerk negative reaction to the term toxic positivity. And, and, and here's why. So to, when I hear toxic positivity, the way I generally see it is like in the internet, which is a terrible way to interact with anything. <laughs> People, when you say, we're going to fix culture, and someone goes, that's toxic positivity you can do it don't tell her that that's toxic but like people people some people some people are angry and they don't want to be positive and they don't want you to be positive and so sort of the the term that has been bastardized in the internet is toxic positivity and so when you say you should just you should choose happy and somebody will say that's toxic positivity it's not toxic positivity. it's not so i have a knee-jerk negative reaction to it but there is truth to the term and and here's what it is um Toxic positivity is a real thing. It is not encouraging people to be happy. It is not choosing to be happy yourself. It is not uh, focusing on the good in the world or the good in your practice. That is not toxic positivity. Toxic positivity is invalidating someone's experience with positivity. I'll I'll give you an example from my own life. I have a naughty dog. He is not He's not interested in being a very good boy. I'm like, don't you want to be a very good boy? And he's like, no, I don't care about your very good boy. Like, I have my own agenda, and I'm going to do it. And when I say to people, he's not a bad dog, and I love love him. He's just not interested in being good. 
And I have sent him to puppy. Like at first I did all of my training stuff and I worked with him and I know some training stuff. Like I, I have, I talk with behaviorists on our, the other podcast. Like I know behavior stuff. He wasn't interested. I sent him to dog boot camp for a month. He went and lived with a trainer who's very good. <laughs> He's still not good. And so when I say to people, <laughs> I have a naughty dog and they say, no, all dog. There's no such thing as a naughty dog. I feel invalidated. Like I, like, I was like, it used to bug the hell out of me. And the reason is because when I say I have a naughty dog and you say, no, there's no such thing. What you're essentially saying is, no, this is your fault. This huh? is your fault. You know what I mean? And like, that's really yeah. how it felt. I said that's on my mind because we're coming to the holidays. And I just yeah. wrote an article called A Holiday Guide for People with Naughty Dogs. Um, we'll, see, we'll see if it gets published anywhere. But, uh, but that's what I thought in my mind. And this may sound like a stretch, but but bear with me. That's the, that's the invalidation I'm talking about. Is when I say, essentially when I say I have a naughty dog, what I'm saying is I've struggled with this dog. Uh, you know, I, I have struggled with this dog. And of course, I have felt guilt. Because people look at me like you're a vet. Why is your dog running away with the child <laughs> with the crying child's Nerf gun? You know, I'm like, I can't. You know, why, why is your dog standing ten feet away from you when you call his name and just staring at you? You know, and waiting for you to move so he can run the other way. Like, why is your dog doing that? And I feel very judged. And so when people say there's no such thing as a naughty dog, I feel in like my experience with this dog is being invalidated. And this is being put on me. So that's a long way to go. But toxic positivity is when someone on your team says, I'm tired and I'm struggling. And you say, you just need to choose happy or you just need to have a good positive mindset. Like what you're essentially saying is this is your fault. That you're, right. that you're feeling bad, you know? Right. And so that, that is real. And I feel like this is a time when we just need to be aware of that. I want to make sure that people are being positive without using positivity to invalidate the struggles of the people in their clinic. I'm not going to stop being positive. Yeah. I do believe that this too shall pass. And I'm going to be honest though. And I'm going to say, it's frustrating not knowing when. It's frustrating that the end is not in sight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think if you act like it is, I think that that's a lie. It's not in sight. And we don't know when it's going to end. Yeah. But I still believe that this too shall pass. And honestly, I think that we're going to be better professionals when it's over. And I think our profession is going to be stronger. And I think we're going to have better systems. And we're going to have better technology that we use in our practices. And we're going to have better workflows. And we're going to be more efficient. We're going to hopefully have stronger boundaries. And we're going to uh, take care of each other. And people are going to get real time off. And we're going to protect people's um, time away from work more because we mm-hmm. went through this really stressful period. And, and I do believe all of that. And that's the positivity that I put forward, but I'm not going to tell somebody, Hey, uh, you just need to, this is, this is really about your attitude. Like I'm right. not going to say that. Right. <laughs> I think that's, that's so, so important. And, and I think that's part of it too, going back to your metaphor about, it being the war, I think it's important to recognize that part of how soldiers get through the sustained length of time that it takes is to, to, to name seal it and put your head down and just think about the next minute that's coming and not think about the, the long term. Because when you when you think about it happening over a sustained period of time, that's when it gets overwhelming. It's like, I can't make it to next Friday, you know, and I'm going to ring the bell today. I think that there are moments, though, that it's important to recognize for the team when they do look up and say, oh, the finish line seems really far off right now. 
And I, I don't know if I can make it to that. I think that's our job as the leaders is to help them recognize that and then help them focus their brains so that they can look at it from the Navy SEAL perspective and say, okay, we can't think about the end, which may or may not come in, you know, the next three months. It may be the, you know, three years from now, like we can't think about it from that perspective. What can we control in the next two hours? Yeah. What can we oh, control yeah. in, in this shift, you know, and, yeah. and direct their, and directs their focus without putting them in a place that makes them feel like they're not heard and that they're not seen. Yeah. Over the summer, I went down this rabbit hole and I started reading, uh, the, the resilience books. And it's like a genre of books that are all written by Navy SEALs. Like there's a whole suite of books on resilience written by soldiers. And I guess that's the metaphor we can all grab onto is like, if these guys can be Navy SEALs, they can teach me about toughing it through COVID. And so I, and they all have the, like very similar. I read fortitude. I read grit. I read resilience. I think there may be <laughs> one just called toughness that I read. I, I just, just read, but they're all basically, they're, they're all just, they're all tough guys. And they did not help me tell 80 year old men to put their mask on. Like they didn't like, I was like, I was like, I'll read about this. Like they did not come in handy dealing with octogenarians who did, who were anti-maskers. Like I, I remember I read this really powerful thing and I went to work and this guy was just like, I'm not wearing my mask, young man. And I was like, I don't know. What do the Navy SEALs do in this situation? Uh, <laughs> so in that way, I did find this use limited. <laughs> but but all of them, all of them told the exact story that, that, you, that you just told. All of them talked about the thing that breaks people is not what they have to do right now. It's looking up and it's thinking about the thing you have to do right now. And then thinking about all of the things you're going to have to do in the next week or day or year and just be like, it's just too much. And when you look at it like that. It is just too much. Yeah. And and we break down. Like, that's when we break. I, I do think, honestly, I think burnout in veterinarians, um, and I'm sure in Texas as well, I don't think it comes from having a bad day. I think it comes from having a couple bad days and having a bad day and then looking up and just seeing nothing but more bad days in the future. Right. It's the bad, it's the imagined bad days in the future all coming at you at once that cause, that that break you. Uh, that That's what I think. And so I really do think that that is a huge thing in headspace is not getting sucked into what is going to happen next week, what is going to happen next month. All that can happen is we can take care of each other and we're going to take care of each other now and we're going to get through today and we're going to get through this week and we're going to see where we are and we will reassess and make changes that we need to change. And I feel like that phrase is what so many of our teams need to hear. Guys, we're going to get through this week and then we're going to reassess. And we're going to figure out how to get through the next week. And that's all we're going to do. And we're going to repeat. And, and we are going to make changes. And we will do whatever we need to do. Because we are not going to march until people burn out. But we let's let's go ahead and start. And, um, and let's figure out what we can do right now to handle the situation that we're in in a sustainable way. And it's, so, that, it's ripping their view away from the future and turning it down to this week and say, let's talk about this week and, and like what we're going to do. Yeah. And I think that, so that's the question, right? It's like, okay, so we, the headspace piece of it is you have to recognize, you have to acknowledge, they have to feel seen and heard. And then once we do that, how do we as, as leaders 
how do we how do we keep the wheels on? How do we turn their heads and focus on what's coming next? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple things. And, and so let's get into the action steps, right? So these are, these are all the headspace things mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Now we're, we're already bleeding into the action steps. Action step one is don't get sucked up in the enormity of the future. You know, mm-hmm. let's get through today. Let's get through this week. And then we'll reassess. And I feel like I, I feel like one of the biggest traps is just we're going to make a decision and this will be what it will be until the end of COVID or the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And what you're honestly that one of the kindest things that you can just say to your staff and that you can say to yourself is we are not making any commitments for the long term because mm-hmm. the world is changing. Yeah, you are going to do something for the next week and we're going to see how it goes. Or we are going to do it for the next month. Or one of my favorites right now is we're going to do this until January 1. And at that point, we may never do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, we are, going to do, we're going to, we are going to do this until January 1. And if this is not working and if you guys hate it and if you are burning out, we will stop on January 1 and we will do something else. Mm-hmm. And people will go, okay, I can make it till January 1. Because then it's not forever. It's I can make it through the holidays. And then we'll reassess. And a lot of times that's just what they need to hear is not forever. We're just talking about this week, this month, the rest of this year. Right. Yeah. Break it up. uh, Make make it not a forever decision. Make it a short-term decision that people can can process and feel like, you know what, if this doesn't work, there is an end and it's not too far away. So I I think that's a big one. I love it. The other part, part two, set priorities. The troops are tired. They are tired. So don't ask them to do stupid crap that's not really important. You know? You're like, we really want to get this new um, paint job done in the treatment room. It's like, what? What? Don't paint the treatment room now unless there's a real good reason for you to paint the treatment room. (laughs) Don't paint the treatment room now. Just paint paint it next year. Like, you've come this far. And your people are stressed and tired, throwing in painters and disconnecting all the stuff and piling all your equipment in the middle of the treatment room so they could paint the walls. Unless there is a really, really good reason that you need to paint the walls now. Don't paint the walls. Just let mm-hmm. it go. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, be smart. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's it. It's like, we're going to change practice management software. Dude, unless you are dying and your practice management software is the murderer... Dude, maybe it's the 2021 thing, you know, like maybe that's something we'll do next year. Just, and, and, and some people are rolling their eyes and say, why is he saying this? Trust me. I see this all the time there. You know what I mean? And, and like, we're like, we, this is a thing we've wanted to do. And I say, look at the troops. They're exhausted. If you do not need this. And if this is not going to make them less exhausted, then don't do it. Don't do it now. Don't mean don't do it forever. Go ahead. It will make you feel better if you go onto your calendar and go to April 2021 and make a big, you know, reminder on April 1st. Decide, uh, reassess this program, you know, and then you'll, mm-hmm. it's not going away forever because you're going to get reminded of it in the spring and you can put it out of your mind. But set your priorities. If this does not have to get done, if it's not going to make the, 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 the staff's life better right now, maybe just table this for a while. It's not failure. It's smart. It's resource um, retention. 
Well, and I think sometimes the flip side to that is sometimes things get set in motion and it's gained too much momentum to hit the brakes, right? Like I've mm-hmm. I've been there where a project has start been started and then we lose a key member of the team or, you know, COVID hits and now it's a shit show. Sometimes what the team needs is to just finish the thing and check it off the list and be okay with mediocrity afterwards. Yep. So for me, you know, that's, that's a lesson that I have really learned in this last few years at my current hospital. There have been a couple of um, initiatives or things that we have done where um, I think back to when we launched our, our wellness plans and we had been working on it for six to nine months before it got going. And then right as we were getting ready to launch our plans, my medical director gave her notice and the team was like beside themselves. And there was all of this unrest and everybody was worried. And I was like, dude, I can't put this off again. Like we've we've been working on this for like the, the baby just needs to be birthed. And then we deal with the aftermath. And so that was part of my conversation with them was like, look, you guys, we don't have to come out of this and be rock stars. We do have to just check it off the list and get it done. Mm. So let's do the training. Let's finish the thing. And then let's just deal with what we can do within our capacity. I'm not going to ask you guys to set crazy wild goals. I don't need, you know, our numbers to go up 500% in the first two weeks. I just need us to be done with this. And sometimes just the relief from, from, Sitting with the hat and feeling like sometimes it's okay. Sometimes you have built up too much momentum to slam on the brakes. Check it off the list. Get it done. And then be like, okay, we're, we're okay. It doesn't look perfect when we're done yeah. with it. And you Amazing. have to know which, which things you need to circle back to. Like which things you put so much time and energy into it. You don't want it to just fail, you know. But sometimes you've had the painters on the schedule. It's taken a year to get them here. I live in a place where people... You, you get on wait lists and you wait and wait and wait. So if I have a, <laughs> I have a painter on the mm-hmm. list right now, you bet your ass I'm going to let him come in and do it because it's taken a year and a half to do it. And for me, that's the conversation with the team of like, look, you guys, I know that this sucks. I know it's really inconvenient. Do, do we want to wait? And sometimes it's making the choice theirs to say we waited a year and a half for this. I can reschedule. We're probably going to have to wait another year and a half. How do you guys feel about it? And letting the choice be theirs or looking and saying, can we just check this off the list? Can we deal yeah. with the inconvenience and get it done and then move on? Right. Amazing is the enemy of done a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And and great, you know, we can be selective, but it's in some cases we just want done. We we don't want to we don't want to we're not going to achieve, we're not going to we can't have amazing. And so let's just get done. And so if so let's let's argue about your paint problem. If you if you have been on the wait list for a year to get your treatment room painted and you're like we we just need it done, you better tell your staff why you uh-huh. are painting the treatment room because if uh-huh. you don't, it looks like you are completely unaware of sure. their frustration and stress and you know and burnout and when these people come in and the staff is like they're just rolling over. It's always something new. And if they don't know why we're still painting the treatment room, they're going to come up with their own stories about why. And it will probably involve you not caring or you being completely ignorant to their position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So set priorities. Uh, Awesome is the uh, enemy of done. (laughs) And, uh, and, and 
just because you started things doesn't mean we necessarily have to finish them now. Be mm-hmm. smart with how you use the limited energy resources of your staff. Uh, the next part is defend boundaries. This is uh, resilience is a little bit about how you work and a lot about how you rest. We need, we, we are, this is energy management. We need to recover these people. We need them to rest. We need them to recharge so we can get them back and we can, we can work with them again. One of the things that I see people doing running their business that is a bad decision is pushing as hard as they can and not setting boundaries for their people to recharge. And I think this may be one of the greatest things that comes out of COVID in our profession is a lot of us have been pushed to the point where we can't bend anymore. And so we're finally setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Those vets who have always said, just make it work, just fit them in, just tell them I'll be with them. They have been beaten up and yelled at enough in the mm-hmm. last six months mm-hmm. that they has, is finally occurred to them. I just can't do this. I just can't say yes. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, they are saying no. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they like it. And I hope that it becomes a trend. And I'm not saying we turn everything away. And you guys have heard me talk about this a million times. The truth is in the middle. I would like our profession to be much better about setting boundaries and saying, we're not here after hours. We are not paying overtime. Everybody is going home. Right. I have no problem with clinics referring things away uh, that they would have seen in the past simply because everyone's tired and we don't have time and we have a big waiting room full of people. Yeah. Calling people in, taking away their day off, having them come to the clinic when they're exhausted and when they're burning out, that takes a toll. Mm-hmm. And so if you're feeling like the troops are tired and you're going to try to make changes with uh, with them and do new things and have new processes and programs, we have got to get them out of the clinic as much as we can. We have got to protect their downtime. We have got to let them rest and recharge. Otherwise, we're going to we're going to we're just going to keep burning them out and and. And we're never going to be able to make what we need to have happen happen. I totally agree. And it's, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. The fact that we're heading into, we're heading into winter and there's a lot of times where we put our patients before ourselves and we come in sick or we have someone call out. And so our gut instinct is to rally the troops, call in somebody who's off on their day off, ask them if they can cover when when we do that in normal occurrences, at some point you can balance the scales, right? At some mm-hmm. point you take an extra day off and it's fine. I don't know that that works now. I think I think we have to really seriously consider having really strong boundaries and saying, you know what, sometimes we can't put our patients first because if we don't put ourselves first, we can't be here to take care of our patients. And so sometimes it's about saying, we're going to have to reschedule some appointments or we're going to have to, you know, call clients and say, look, you know, Dr. Work is sick and I am so sorry, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to move your appointment. I have, I have two options. You can, you know, be seen today at the urgent care or the emergency clinic and here's their contact information or I can reschedule you. I'm, you know, I'm really, really sorry, but we don't want to get any of our clients or the rest of our team sick. And so, you know, Dr. Work is going to stay home with his germs and his grossness today. Like it's been really hard for us as a, as an industry to have those boundaries in the past. And now more than ever, I think it's so important to think about what is our, what is our plan for that? How do we, what do those boundaries look like? That's what it's going to take for us to get this fall and winter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. You know, 
even going further than that, we have we have practices in Uncharted who on an extra day, and because I I can feel people out there going, well, if I can't call people in and 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 you know, and I'm supposed to protect their boundaries and and not have them work overtime, but I, but I can't I can't do it. Um, we've had we had practices that just closed on Wednesday. They're like, we're just not open on Wednesday. And that's mm-hmm. so that we can split our teams or so that we have enough time off. Everybody needs a day off. And I'm, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seeing huge caseloads uh, most of the time mm-hmm. uh, or the days that they're open. They just cut Wednesday out of the schedule because their people needed a day off. And, right. you know, I if your book's solid uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, that may be all that you need. And, mm-hmm. and some things are not about maximizing profits or the number of cases you see. Some of it is about, we talk about it all the time. You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't feed yeah. from an empty pantry. Um, yeah. If you're, if your people not helping the world or your community by having them burn out and leave the profession and leave your practice, you know, you're not, you're not going to, your situation is not going to get better as your staff gets smaller and smaller because mm-hmm. people quit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, that's, that's boundary setting and defending boundaries. Yeah. I, I think one of the big things, if you're trying to get change uh, to happen, or things are changing and you're trying to keep your, your team on board, ask for their input. I think the dynamic of management coming down and being like, hey, guys, we're doing a new thing. Here it is. Write it down. Versus, right. versus guys, this is the issue that we're wrestling with. And I want to talk to you guys about how we might address it. What thoughts and input do you have? As we as we research what our options are, and again, I, I don't go to the staff and say whatever you guys want to do, we'll do it. I'm not committing to anything, right? But I am bringing you guys into the brainstorm process and saying, guys, this is this is where we are. How are you feeling? What are you guys thinking? What are some options and how we can go forward? And the best thing that ever happened to you is they come up with the solution that you were thinking about, right? And then uh, other other members of the staff go, yep, we should totally do that. And the smartest thing you can do at that point is not is resist the urge to say, that's exactly what I was thinking. Don't <laughs> say that. Just go, that's amazing. I, I think that's fantastic. I love it. I, I really love it. I love it. Yeah. And and support them. And that that's it's a small thing. It's an important thing. If you're asking them to make changes and they are tired there is a difference to them doing something that they think is going to help them versus doing something that you say is going to help them and are now mandating. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, I think this one is really closely tied to the last step, which is focusing on, on the, the wins, focusing on what makes you and what makes your team superstars, what makes your clients amazing clients. Thinking about things from the strengths perspective, to me, this is where the team's buy-in is so, so important because they see things on a daily basis. They're involved in things on a daily basis that you are not. Whether you're a doctor, you're a manager, even if you're a leader and you're a a department supervisor, you're on the floor with your team they're going to experience things differently. And so asking for their input, asking what makes a difference for them, what would make your job, what what is making your job hard and what would make your job easier? And asking those two questions to to the team and, and listening 
to what their input is on how to solve those problems dramatically increases the success rate in terms of shifting their perspective in a positive way um, towards thinking about how do we be rock stars? How do we, how do we, how do we create wins here? How, what are we good at? How can we focus on our, on our strengths? For me, those, those two things are really um, interconnected. Going back to that toxic triad, I am failing as an, as an, as a toxic idea and something that drags teams. When I come to my team and I say, guys, we are failing guys. We have this problem and we need to fix it. That's a deflating statement. When, when you come to me, Stephanie, and say, Andy, we have, we have this problem with the podcast and yeah. we need to fix it. I go, oh, we have a problem with the podcast? Oh, crap. I thought we were doing good with the podcast. Yeah. Right? And, and so I get the deflating. If you instead came to me and said, let's talk about what's great about the podcast. What do you think is the best episode of the podcast that we've ever done? And I would say, oh, oh, man, I, I really love this one. And I, I don't know if it's on my head, but – um. But I, I would say, oh, I, you know, I really love this episode. I, I'd have to look at them, but I got some favorites. And then if you said to me, Andy, why was that your favorite? Like, why do you think that that's, why is that such a good episode? Mm-hmm. I think I can probably tell you about the things that we do really well on our podcast or the things that make our episodes really good. Mm-hmm. And then if you said, how do we, um, how do we do that stuff in, in all of our podcasts? I think that you could get me to work my ass off. Right. You know, to, to, uh, sure. I, I think, I think you could get me to work my ass off and I think that you could get me to, to update what we do in the podcast and how we do it. And I really do. And I think I would own it. I'd be like, yep, this is what we need to do. That's you, you feel the difference in that of like you're failing versus let's talk about when we really win. Let's talk about when we're really happy. What happens? How do, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. I think that, that is absolutely key in getting people to buy in and, and to, and to, to getting them to change. And so questions that I would encourage you to ask your staff is let's think back in the last uh, since covid started was there a day that you just had a great day in the last and generally you go too far back and their memories fade out but guys mm-hmm. what was the best day last week why was why was it the best day you know guys what's we got um we got this thank you note from a client do you guys remember this everybody was involved they were super they were super uh super grateful um what um what happened? Let's talk about let's talk about how that appointment went. Let's talk about why this person wrote us a thank you note. And then we talk about what we did for this person and how we can extrapolate it to other things. Could how can can we use what we did for this person mm-hmm. to figure out how to do other appointments? Can mm-hmm. we integrate these things into other appointments? Can we make these things really common? And we're taking their win and telling them they're awesome. And then looking at opportunities to do things that are better. Yeah. And so the greatest time to have conversations about change is not the day after you've gotten your butt kicked. Right. It's the day after you won the Super Bowl and say, we are amazing. What made us champions yesterday? Let's do that again today. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just, I, I put that forward as strategy. It's super easy to walk in and say, this failed, this is wrong. We, we are in trouble. We need to make changes. Right. It is not a motivating approach and it is, it is, uh, it sucks the, the wind out of their sails. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it has to happen. Sometimes we just have to say, guys, we just got torn a new one on Yelp and, uh, they were right and we have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But whenever we can, 
if we can flip it the other way and say, guys, we just got a five-star review on Yelp. And I want to talk to you guys about it and talk about what we did and talk about how we can take this person's experience and make it our norm. Yeah. So two things that have really helped my team in in looking at this. Um, one is, is that we created a vehicle to share our wins. So we use Slack to communicate as a team. And we actually created a wins channel. And so I have started posting every time we get a five-star review or every time we get great client feedback on our survey or a client shares. There's lots of times where a client shares something with a doctor or with a CSR on the phone or with, um, you know, with a technician when they're calling about lab results. They share something that has to do with the rest of the team, but they don't share it necessarily with the people who were involved. And so being able to have a way that you can share that stuff. So, you know, when my CSR has a conversation with Mrs. Smith and she's like, oh my gosh, I just love Dr. Megan. She was so phenomenal and her team was so great and they explained everything so well. And they really made me feel good about having a new puppy for the first time. And even though I didn't get in to come in the building, I felt great about it. It's easy in the course of the busyness of the day to hear those things and be like, oh, great. I'm so glad that you had that experience. Thank you so much for sharing it and then for it to go nowhere. But creating a way for for the team to share those things, whether it's a bulletin board or um, something digital, like figure out how that needs to work in your practice. But it's been so nice. We have two two ways. We actually have a physical board and we have our, our, our snap board and everybody can put up notes for each other or share information from clients. But we also made a digital space. So in the moment when it is crazy busy, that we can share that with each other and that everybody can enjoy the high fives of feeling mm-hmm. like this was something that went really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then the other the other thing that we have done that has really, really helped is we when COVID started, we started having team huddles. Um, at the end of the day. And we had always done morning rounds, but we had been really bad about doing end of the day rounds because it's tired. Everybody just wants to go home. People kind of filtered out at the end of the day without reconnecting. And so we started being intentional about that. And we struggled with it at first in terms of getting momentum. And we, after a few weeks, we tried something new and I said, okay, what went well today? And even on the crappy days, even on the days where it felt like, oh, my God, we got our butts kicked, asking them, what was, what was one thing? Like, I, I don't I don't need to know why today was a good day because maybe today wasn't a good day. Maybe today was absolute shit. But, but when everybody really pushes each other and one person says, you know, it was crazy busy, but this one thing happened and shares the one thing, it became easier for the team as a whole to be like, oh, yeah. I had this thing happen. And so all of a sudden, the crappy day is still crappy. Nobody's mm-hmm. taking that away. But there were still good things that happened. And so it created another opportunity to focus on positive um, in small bite-sized chunks in a way that, that felt manageable. And what I noticed was after we started doing that, it made the follow-up to that so much easier to be positive and constructive, which is what what didn't go so well? Like, yeah. what changes do we need to make tomorrow? And instead of it turning into a bitch fest, which is how it kind of started at the beginning of COVID, it was like, oh, my God, this was what went wrong today and the day is so horrible, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. We spent 15 or 20 minutes being really negative. It made it really easy for the team just on their own to start to say, well, this didn't go so great. Tomorrow, can we try this? You know, this is what I need tomorrow. I need help doing this thing. This, this didn't work you know, can, can you help me with this tomorrow? Or we didn't get to this today. It still needs to be dealt with 
can we address this tomorrow? It made it easier to focus on that in a positive way, which is such a little thing, but it made such a radical difference for my team in terms of how we finish the day and walk out of the building on somewhat of a positive note that even if we're still exhausted, it's like we've said what we need to say and we also have a plan for change for tomorrow. Yeah. No, I agree. All right, buddy. I think I think that's what I got for today. I think that's that's great advice. I appreciate you sharing it. I love it. I hope that this I hope that this helped you guys. I think um it's hard, right? And just like we would say to our teams, we see you, we know you're tired. We yeah. know everybody's exhausted. We see we see you guys. We see um our leaders out there struggling and it is it is exhausting and it is tiring and hang in there. Yeah. All right. Take care everybody. Bye guys. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. As always, the nicest thing you can do for me and Steph, if you enjoyed it, is share the share the episode, share the podcast, share the love, and or write us an honest online review at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's how people find the podcast, and it means the world to us. So anyway, gang, take care. Be well. Hope to see you this weekend. Bye.